Right now, though, we're going to go to the second most sacred city in all of Judaism. We're talking about Hebron. You may pronounce it Hebron, H-E-B-R-O-N. In the Hebrew, it's pronounced Hebron, the B having a V sound. And the former spokesperson for that particular Jewish community, in fact, it's the oldest Jewish community in the history of the world, is David Wilder long-time friend and long-time broadcast partner with us. David, I was noticing in the Jerusalem Post, I believe it was, there was an article that one of the Israeli cabinet members had said it has happened. Now Israel has more Jews, more Jewish population in Israel itself, more than the United States Jewish population. As I remember, about 6.6 million Jews living in Israel, and in the United States, 5.7. This is a change. I can remember the very first time I came over uh, back in the early 80s when I got into Israel. They only had about 3.7 or 8 million Jews there. There were more than that in New York City alone, not including all the other major Jewish communities across the United States. This is great because this is exactly what God wants, is it not? Oh, definitely. Uh, you, you know, the, I, I was thinking about it after I saw that article, um, and you know, it has a, it has an upside and it has a downside. Uh, it has an upside because, of course, uh, we we really want more people to come live here in Israel. We want the Jewish community to continue to to grow. Uh, it's growing because people are coming to live here uh, from all over the world, and it's also growing because uh, we have a very high birth rate. Uh, on the other hand, there's a downside. Uh, you know wh- what's happening to the American Jewish community, uh, and the major issue there is uh, is not that they're all leaving to come here, but there's a tremendous amount of assimilation, and uh, and people are forgetting that they're Jews, uh, and that that is, of course, something that's, uh, that's negative. We'd prefer uh, that the Jewish identity remain. Uh, and with that Jewish identity, then people would come to live here. Yes, absolutely. For those who may not be familiar with that term, give us a brief definition of uh, the Jewish assimilation. Uh, assimilation, uh, they, look, uh, there, there's a, uh, an issue with, uh, uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's sort of like a, a, a teenager who has an identity crisis. He doesn't, or she doesn't know exactly what they are and who they are and, and, and where they want to go and, and what direction they want to go in. And sometimes they sort of lose themselves until they come out of it. Uh, and that's what uh, tends to happen with uh, many people uh, uh, in the Jewish community, uh, where they tend to forget who they are and what they are and, and what they're supposed to be doing in the world. Uh, there's a lot of intermarriage, uh, and people just uh, just don't they don't if if they don't have anything to grasp upon in their Judaism, they don't understand what Judaism is and what it what it can provide for them and 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 for everybody else in the world then uh, they just sort of lose it. And, and that is uh, one of the reasons of, for the decreased Jewish population in the United States today. One of the statements that is made about people living in the diaspora, and that would be the diaspora defined as Jews living around the world, but not in the state of Israel. And then ultimately they make a decision to immigrate to Israel, and that's called Aliyah. Definitely that word in the Hebrew means go up to Jerusalem, but now applied to immigrating and ultimately going up to Jerusalem. 
Now, you did that. You were American-born, and you did make a decision to make Aliyah come to Israel. Tell me, just give me a little kind of a testimony here. When did you do that, and why did you do that? Well, um, I came to Israel in 1974 when I was in university for a, a one-year program. I spent that year in, in Jerusalem at Hebrew University. I had no intentions of coming to live here. It was a, 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 it was a year program, and I planned to go back to the state, graduate, and go to law school. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, that year sort of changed my life. Uh, and, and I did go back to the States, uh, and I in the next year I graduated, but a month after I graduated, I came back to Israel and basically I stayed here. Uh, why did I do that? Um, I came to understand the the uh, the necessity for Jews to live in the land of Israel, to live in the state of Israel. Uh, the Jewish people were created to live here in in Israel, and uh, and as I I started to become a little closer to to Jewish religion, to uh, observant Judaism, and being here and understanding the the significance and importance of Israel, um, I I realized that um, you know if you if you believe in something, then you shouldn't just talk about it; you should do something about it. And if I thought that it was important for Jews to come to Israel, I shouldn't stay in the United States and talk about it. Um, I should do it. Uh, so that's what I did, and that was uh, well over forty years ago. Wow, that is an interesting story and a a reason for making Ali Ah. Now, you had the opportunity to choose any of the communities there in Israel, Haifa and Tel Aviv on the coast, Jerusalem, the center part of the state, most sacred piece of real estate on the entire earth and in all of creation for the Jewish people. But you chose the second most sacred piece of real estate, a key community, the oldest Jewish community, you chose Hebron to live with your family. Why did you do that? Uh, well, uh, very similar kinds of reasons. Uh, my wife and I got married in 1979. Uh, we lived in and around Jerusalem at that time. I was studying in a yeshiva and a Torah academy then in Jerusalem. Uh, and that was uh, uh, just during the the time that uh, the Camp David Accords were signed between Israel and Egypt, between Menachem Begin, who was then the prime minister and the president then of, of Egypt, uh, Anwar Sadat, uh, in which uh, uh, communities in the Sinai, Jewish communities in the Sinai, were basically uh, uprooted and people, people uh, evicted from their homes. And that that land was given to the Egyptians, uh, and they were talking about uh, uh, the next stage in that kind of uh, uh, process, where the uh, where it was Judea, Samaria, and Gaza, uh, and we we of course opposed that, and I I felt that uh, my wife also uh, that one of the the most important things, the significant things that we could do to contribute would be to uh, live in one of those places. Uh, and so we started to look around. We found a very inexpensive apartment in uh, Kiryat Arba, which is right outside of the city of Hebron. Uh, so we moved there. Uh, that was back in uh, June of 1981. Uh, uh, and we lived there for 17 years. I started working here in Hebron itself in 1994. And a few years later, there was an apartment vacant here. And I said to my wife, uh, you know, let's go down and, and live in Hebron. We thought about it. 
and I was actually negotiating with the uh, uh, people here for kinds of conditions that I wanted. And and uh, just at the end of August uh, in uh, 1998, there was a terrorist attack here in Hebron, and a 63-year-old rabbi was murdered. And uh, the next uh, morning, I went home, and I said to my wife, that's it, we're moving down there. Uh, that's our response. Uh, the Arabs are killing Jews because they want us to leave. Uh, the best response to that is to go live there. So uh, exactly a week later, on September 1st, we moved from Kiryat Arba down into the city of Hebron, and we've been living here now for the past 20 years. And you are a key leader of Hebron. You may not have such a title as mayor or anything like that, but you are key. You bring so many people in. You introduce them. I can remember when I was doing television with Day of Discovery. We came in a number of times. You know the archaeological sites there. You know the history of the city of Hebron, dating back all the way to the time of Abraham, the patriarch, some 4,000 years ago. I understand that God's word really is commanding all Jews to move to Israel, ultimately. Would you agree with that, and how do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, the the reason <clears throat> that the you know when we talk about uh, about in the the in the in the five books of Moses in the Torah, the second book is that of Exodus, uh, and the Jews were taken out of bondage, out of slavery in Egypt, and the primary reason for that was to bring them to the land of Israel. There had been a covenant made with the uh, patriarchs Abraham and Isaac and Jacob to bring the Jews back into the land of Israel, uh, and and this is where we belong. This is our home. This is our homeland. This is our home. Uh, this is definitely where Jews should be. Uh, we're seeing a, a continued growth of the Jewish population here, uh, and I have no doubt that uh, in the coming years, in the coming decades, we'll see a continued growth. Uh, people will continue to come here. Uh, and I, I think the time isn't too far away when that article uh, that we'll see in, in the press won't just be that there are more Jews in Israel than the United States, but we'll very soon see that a majority of Jews in the world live in Israel as opposed to in the diaspora. Uh, that will, of course, be a very important uh, a turning point in our history, uh, and I, I, hope, I hope that I, I'm privileged to live to see that day. Yeah, and me too. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as well. I enjoyed that personal testimony, David. You're just a great friend of us here and a great broadcast partner as well, and I appreciate you just being able to let us be a little bit personal with you and find out some of that testimony. It's encouraging, and, of course, it goes along with the fact that more Jews now living in Israel than living in the United States. David, thank you so much for allowing me to chat with you today. We'll do it again real soon. Thanks, Jimmy. Shalom, shalom.